welcome to Heartfelt Awakening Radio. I am your host, Denny Van. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm here at the hospital with um, dropping off a family member to get a uh, procedure. So I thought I would share something with you. As you may already know, I was gifted hundreds of Neville Goddard lectures. And we've been talking about prayer as an exercise and I found this lecture called The Secret of Prayer and it was originally given in October 6, 1967 and it talks about scripture and it explains scripture in such a way where it's not here in the 3D realm but it's an internal experience so I really want to share this with you because as you can see the world has kind of gone hmm, nuts, you know? So what do we do as we're looking out in our three-dimensional world and, you know, not able to change anything, not able to, you know, do a thing. There's nothing we can do while we're here. But yes, there is something we can do. And that is get into the state of prayer. So we've talked about the jaded Christian, right? And you know, maybe being averse to that word prayer. And I've got to agree, there's a lot of words that have been so adulterated that it's not so much the word. If we can look at prayer as a state of being and the parable, the, the stories in the Bible are pointing the way, not pointing out per se, but pointing for an internal experience. And this is key because our external senses really have us distracted, don't they? And we lost the power of prayer and getting into the state of prayer. And so I wanna share a lot from this lecture called The Secret of Prayer. And it's by Neville Goddard. And if you probably don't already know, I'm a huge fan of Neville Goddard. And I hope you become a huge fan of him too. Because he starts this lecture off by saying, The secret of spiritual prayer, as told in the form of a parable, is to pray and never lose heart. So, just to let you know that our subconscious the deeper parts of us it doesn't hear the words you do this and not this it hears parables stories and allegory allegory is wonderful for giving this part of us direction and this is the work that we do we we do things to speak directly to this larger unseen part of you not the mind not its ideas not its beliefs so the secret for this human is to let go of Denny and come into a state, an internal experience of prayer. And you can only do this. No one can do this for you. And he goes on to say, one such parable tells of a widow who kept coming to a judge asking for vindication. At first he did not respond. Then he said to himself, Although I neither fear God nor regard man, yet I will exonerate her, because by her much coming, she wearies me. Parables, like, <laughs> I can't even say that word. 
Parables, 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 parables. Parables, like dreams, <laughs> contain a single jet of truth. So this is where wisdom and discernment comes in when you're listening to a parable or a story or repeating your own story over and over again. And it might not be the story you want to be fulfilled as you put yourself in a state of prayer. This is powerful. I hope you heard that. He goes on to say, this parable urges persistence in mastering the art of prayer. So it's an art form. Only you, the creator of it, is the center of it. And he goes on, once you have mastered it, you will live in a state of thanksgiving. And all through the day, you will say over and over again to yourself, thank you, Father. Or just in that state of gratitude, whether you're saying thank you, Source, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Buddha, thank you, Allah. The words that come out don't matter. It's the state that you're in. That's what matters. And he goes on. A most effective prayer is found in the 11th chapter of the book of John. So again, it's referencing the Bible. The book of John as, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, for thou always hears me. So in English, yeah, man, thank you for being there because I know you're always there. So that's that state of being. So let go of the words, feel what it feels like, and then put your own words to it because it must come from your own experience. This only guides us to that state. And he goes on. In this chapter, the story is told of someone who has died and has seemingly gone from this world. But the truth is that no one is dead to you, but when you know how to pray. You may no longer touch, see, or hear those you love with your mortal senses, so your five senses. So you might be able, not be able to detect them in the five sensory realm. But if you know how to give thanks, you can move from your body of darkness into the world of light and encounter your loved ones there. So this is a state of being. They're there. When you are in this state, everything is there. It's unlimited, unending, no thing, yet everything. So if I haven't boggled your mind yet, this is not for the mind. Let your mind's questions and all that stuff go to the side. Let this inner experience listen because we don't want our mortal senses involved in this. But if you know how to give thanks, you can move from your body of darkness into the world of light and encounter your loved ones there. And so repeating, we have to let go of this five sensory world and get into this state of prayer. Therefore, he who would learn how to pray will discover a great secret of a full and happy life. So let that sink in for a second. He says, therefore, he who would learn how to pray. So it's a process you gotta learn. 
Okay, this is fantastic, deep stuff. He goes on, in the 33rd chapter of the book of Genesis, that goes way back to the first book of the Bible, Jerusalem is called Shechem, Shechem. I hope I'm not butchering that word because I'm not Jewish. And it's Shechem, I think it's Shechem. It is said that Jacob saved, came safely into the city of Shechem, Jerusalem, which is the land of Canaan. So before it became Jerusalem or Shechem, it was Canaan, okay? So there was already a civilization there. There he erected an altar and called it El Elhe, Elohe, El Elohe, Israel. So I'm not saying those words right, but it means the God of Israel. So he erected an altar, he set up this altar and called it the God of Israel, orienting, orienting himself toward Shechem, Jerusalem, the true direction. Jacob remained at El Elohe Israel, which means safe in mind, body, or estate. So the true direction that remains, it means safe in mind, body, or estate. Okay, so this is an internal experience. It's not an actual place. So he goes on to say, we are told that Daniel oriented himself at an open window where he looked toward Jerusalem. And those in the Mohammedan world pray looking toward what they call Mecca. So it's the same direction. But because Christianity takes place within, scripture is speaking of the Jerusalem within and not on the outside at all. So it's nothing here in this five sensory realm. It's not a place on earth at all. It's an inner experience. When you pray, you do not prostrate yourself on the ground and look toward some Eastern point in space, but adjust yourself mentally into your fulfilled desire. So it's taking the outside experience of looking East and I'm actually looking north, but you're looking east in the direction of Mecca. But this is an internal experience. That means your mind is like a compass and it has to be pointed in the direction of your purpose. He goes on to say, although this technique is simple, it takes practice to become its master. Your true direction is to the knowledge of what you want. That's that compass, the direction you wanna go. And it's an internal compass. Knowing your desire, point yourself directly in front of it by thinking from its fulfillment. So it's like the archery. So you're thinking from its fulfillment. So like the archery, the fulfillment is where you're aiming from. You're pulling back the arrow and now you gotta look and you gotta aim. So you have to aim the arrowhead point with the target. This takes focus, direction, and purpose, 
We have to have those things in place. We can't just be shooting arrows all over the place. There's no purpose, direction, and yet we're doing these things. So from its fulfillments, and he goes, silence all thought and allow the doors of your mind to open. So when you're pulling back the arrow, you're not thinking of anything else but the arrow hitting the center of that target, right? This is how we have to train our mind. This is the work that we do. We do awareness training. And if you're getting this, there's light bulbs going off, all kinds of internal experience light bulbs of wisdom and discernment, knowing that anything in this five sensory world is not truth, but everything in here is truth. And he goes on to say, then enter your desire. So you're focused in on that target. Stay with your imagination as your companion. This is huge. I'm gonna say that again, that one sentence. Stay with your imagination as your companion. So we might be thinking we're speaking with, you know, archangels or source. This is your imagination as companion. So I call my imagination as companion. Albert, this is this larger unseen being part of this human being. And what you see, hear, touch, feel, all of this, this meat suit, this is the human part of the human being. We're focused in on the being part of the human being. This is fantastic. Knowing your desire, point yourself directly in front of it by thinking from its fulfillment. So you got to think of the end result and then point yourself in that direction. We do this in everyday life. We want to go in a certain way. We put in our GPS and then we point in that direction. Then we start going. We really don't um, get in the car, start driving and then figure out where we're going. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. I mean, maybe some of us do, but that's training and preprint pre-planning. Silence all thoughts and allow the doors of your mind to open. And I know I'm repeating this. I want to emphasize that this is a skill that you must learn. Stay with your imagination. Start by thinking of your imagination as something other than self. And eventually you will know you are what you formerly called your imagination. So we call this thing an imagination, but it's a lot deeper. And you know, we're being thwarted from training it. Just look around by our awareness being spread so thin. It is possible to amputate a hand, leg, or various parts of the body, but imagination cannot be amputated for it is your eternal self. So take a moment and connect with your imagination. He goes on, let me show you what I mean. While standing here in Los Angeles, I may desire to be elsewhere. Time and finances may not allow it, but my imagination, I can assume I am already there. This is the power we have. We can close our eyes and see in our imagination what it is we want, even though our world is showing us quite the opposite, right? So he goes on. No longer can I think of them as just down the street or hills west of me, 
this is my test. Okay, so here's what he means by the test. Do we believe what we're seeing in our five sensory world, this realm, the 3D realm, or do we believe what we see in our imagination? This is the test. Because if we attach, identify, try to please all of these things, our five sensory world, this is what caused the suffering. But if we go inside in our imagination, we start to change our five sensory world with much more accuracy and power. He goes on to say, the word prayer means motion toward. So by pulling back that arrow, you're in prayer. Your mind, your body, your whole being is now focused in on the target you're going to be hitting with that arrow. So motion toward an ascension to act or in the vicinity of. Motion toward ascension to or act in the vicinity of. Orienting myself toward New York City, I have made a motion an ascension to. As I act in the vicinity of, I see my friends relative to New York City. And you've done this, you know, you could be in one part of the world and you start thinking of your friends, family in another part of the world and your imagination, you're there, you're there. He goes on, Blake's words are true. Man is all imagination and God is man and exists in us and we in him. So we're not separate from God. God's not somewhere out in the 3D world. If he is, he's a little statue and that little statue is not God. But being in the image of God, he goes on, prayer does not have to be confined to what a person calls self. You can pray for another by feeling they now have what they formerly wanted or for feeling is a movement. So you see something you don't like, you picture that something in the space of what you would like to see it as. That right there creates this forward movement. The first creative act required in scripture is motion. So motion starts in imagination. So that's why we can't look at the 3D realm with what's already happening. We can't change it. It must play out. We can only change it in our imagination, see what we want it, and then take action toward it. See how powerful this is? Neville goes on to say, the first creative act recorded in scripture is motion. God moved upon the face of the water. So this is back in Genesis. A friend recently had a fantastic vision during which he asked, did I learn anything? And I answered, yes, you learned how to move. Then everything was transformed as conflict deceased, a hovel became a castle, the battlefield a sea of ripened wheat, and he was escorted into his eternal home. Prayer is motion. It is learning how to move toward a change in your bank balance, your marital status, your social world. So we're seeing our bank balance, our marital status, our social world 
as it is, but instead in this state, we can dream about it or use imagination to create movement toward what it is we want. This is prayer. This is a state of being. And he goes on, learn to master the art of motion for after you move, change begins to rise up out of the deep. So it has to rise up into the material world from the non-material world. The technique of prayer is mastering your inner motion or your inner emotion. Because if we're looking at things out in our world and then we conjure up emotion, we are perpetuating that prayer. Think about that for a moment and then get very selfish with what you start to pray about. He goes on to say, if you are seeing things you would like to change, move in your imagination to the position you would occupy after the change took place. So it's like a chess move. You're currently in this space in time, in the realm of space and time. So you're in this chess little square on the chess game. And you imagine you're gonna move your chess piece or yourself to this position. So this first takes place in imagination. Everything and everyone in your world is yourself pushed out. So we're all projecting on each other or we're all projectile vomiting on each other. So that means the projection in this projectile world, it's already playing out. It's already playing out. So it has to play out. What we have to do is go into our imagination and imagine what it is we wanna see and then move ourselves in that direction. Not pointing fingers, that shouldn't be happening, these kind of things, but definitely support the things you want to see more of. That's a step in movement. And he goes on to say, any request from another heard by you should not be ignored, for it is coming from yourself. You came down from a world of light to confine yourself to this body of darkness. Now a spark from an infinite world of light. One day you will remember that world and awaken, but in the meantime, you must learn to exercise the power of your mind. So if you're hearing something from another, it must not be ignored. That means you have the power because that experience is you pushed out. So now you see something you don't like. So I live in an area, it's a university area. So there are some poor and homeless people here. And you know, what can I do to change that situation? And I might not be able to do anything for them right now, but I can hold them in that state of prayer and I see them succeeding at whatever it is their desire is. And I don't know what that is because it's me pushed out and I would think if that were me, it would be a safe place to be, you know, a safe purpose and happiness in life, right? So these are our basic and community. And so I hold that image and I create movement 
for that experience because I'm experiencing it. It's in, it's in my view. He said, it's heard by you. Any request from another heard by you should not be ignored. So even if there's nothing you can do right now in this time and space, there's something you can do to change the movement, to create movement of that time and space for that person. This is the power of prayer. And when somebody says praying for you, we might just be like, what, what are you talking about? They're, what are you doing? That's, that's spiritual bypassing. But I don't say anything. I don't let the 3D world go, hey, you know, I'm praying for you. No, this is an internal experience and I stay silent about it in this external experience because I don't want any energy to be hmm, thwarted by what that vision, you know, and even, even in the Bible, it talks about don't make your prayer an announcement, right? You want to keep this inside of you. So this is really important to catch here. Prayer is psychological movement, okay? So it's in the mind. It is the art of moving from a problem to its solution. Okay, so how many of us focus in on the problem and focus in on the problem and it becomes a state of prayer on the problem and the problem becomes this tiny little zit to this giant hill in no time and we're creating this as the word went out it comes back fulfilled cycle energetic cycle this science is calling the reticular activating system so you're looking at the problem with emotion feeding the problem telling your reticular activating system that's what you want more of and it creates this back loop the word went out it comes back fulfilled so what we want to do the mature way of using your power and prayer would be to move from the problem to its solution. And I'll tell you from experience, the easiest way to do this is to ask internal how questions. How can this situation get massively better? How can that person find exactly what they need? And then hold that state of prayer and you created movement, whether it be for yourself or your surroundings, for any creature on the planet, for any place on the planet, ask these internal how questions because what you're doing in this state of prayer is you're moving from problem to solution. This is how you do it. And it's nothing outside yourself. And don't tell anybody, oh, by the way, I prayed for you and I saw this image of you and blah, blah, blah. You're ruining the momentum of it. You actually stop the momentum of your prayer once you verbalize it in this sensory realm because it doesn't come from this sensory realm. It comes from the nowhere, the unlimitedness that you are. And he says, a friend recently shared this dream with me. We were in a, a garden and he told me of all his desires. When I said, don't desire them, live them. This is true. Desire is thinking of. Living is thinking from. So this is thinking of the problem. Living is thinking from the problem. How can I move from this situation in the best way possible? How can I, like in the morning, I might be going to a contract that, you know, I might not be 
supportive. I don't want to use the word supportive. I'm going to a contract where the environment is toxic. Let's just say that. So what I do is I prepare myself energetically and I'll ask myself questions. How can today be amazing? This is perfect. How can today be amazing? How can, how can I make someone's day today? And sure enough, many times over, I made someone's day that way. And so when we come from this desire of thinking to living is thinking from, so desire is thinking of, thinking of my day, oh my gosh, it's such a toxic environment. I just gotta get through the day. You know, how am I gonna get through this day? It's gonna be a toxic environment, that kind of thing. So switching it to how can today be amazing? This is the power you have. And he goes on to say, don't go through life desiring, live your desire. Think it is already fulfilled. This gives the mind something to do. This activates your reticular activating system. So now think of it as already fulfilled. Now you have a path to go in order for those things to be fulfilled. He goes on to say, believe it is true for an assumption, though false. So right now your mind is gonna say, yeah, this isn't true. I don't see any evidence of this anywhere. It's not true. Yet, you're already created movement toward it. When you are learning the art of prayer, persistence is necessary. And being persistent is key because just like exercise, exercising your physical body or exercising your mental capacity to memorize, you don't just do it one time and say, okay, I'm done, what else? <laughs> We have to be persistent with exercise to see the results that we want to see. We set a goal and we persistently move toward that goal. Because Neville says, believe it is true for an assumption, though false, if persisted in, will harden into fact. So that goes along the lines of, is if you're told something enough, you're gonna believe it, right? If somebody persists in, propaganding you, your mind starts to believe it. So persistence is key and we can persist in the wrong direction and we can also persist in the right direction. And this is where we have the power. So with this Neville Goddard lecture on the secret of prayer, I want to hear from you. Tell me, what did you like about this and what would you like more of. And just so you know, we are doing exercises in prayer and we're doing this in a group setting. So if this is something you're interested in, definitely leave us a comment or send us a message and we'll get you all together in that group because when two or more are gathered in my name, especially in a state of prayer, when we're all coming together, when two or more gather in my name, this is where the magic happens. And so when you tell someone, I'm praying for you, hold off on that. Go inside and actually pray. Hold them in the highest light and then let it go. And then don't say a thing and watch what happens. All right. So with that said, thank you so much for being on this journey with me and keep being amazing.